Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Welcome to Reasonably Shady, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Reasonably Shady. I am Giselle Bryant. What's up? What's up, everyone? I am Robin Dixon. Thank you once again for being here with us. We yes. love you so Woo! much. Now, Robin, happy Valentine's Day. Popo, whatever. What? Um, what do you mean? I mean, that's like, this is a, um, what do they call it? Uh, uh, a holiday where they just make money. What's that called? What do they call these things? Commercial. This is a it, commercial it is holiday. Not. It is so not it commercial. Is. That's just because you have been in a relationship with the same person for 500 so years. So at Valentine's Day should be every day. Should it? Yes. I like that. I feel like that's like letting them off the hook for like the other 364 days of the year. Okay. Just, just treat me. Okay. Treat me good on Valentine's Day, my birthday and Christmas. No. And that's it. Like, nah, bring me flowers every week. Okay. Does, does Juan do that? I'm just, I'm asking. No. Okay. I mean, <laughs> just, okay. Just I get saying. you. I understand that. And I feel that totally like men should definitely appreciate us at all times. However, don't like disregard me on Valentine's Day and not send me my flowers and my chocolate and my diamonds and my pearls. Oh, and you can, want it all? I want it all. So you like, so when you're in a relationship or even when you're dating, like you really expect to be like Wind Valentine's Day is a thing. It's a thing. Oh, it's a situation. Oh, for sure. Even when I was married, it was a situation. Oh, yeah. You're going to fly. I mean, you're going to like, what is it called? Lavish me? What yeah. is it? Give um, me everything. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So do you do the same for him? No. Valentine's Day is about the woman. No, it's not. That's what. That's how I feel. That's how Giselle feels. Like a Valentine. Like, oh, will you be my Valentine? Like, you know, in school. First of all, okay. Do they even do them little stupid cards yes. in school anymore? Yes, they do. But they're not like, will you be my Valentine? They're like, you're really cool. <laughs> Right. <laughs> because because in the end, it's like um, 
here's the list of all the kids in the class. Who are allergic and, to peanuts? No. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. That too. Yeah. But, oh, no, no. It's like, don't even think about peanuts. But here's a list of all the kids in the class, and you must bring one Valentine for everybody. Yes. Yes. Because I remember, and which is, that's so corny, first of all, that, no, let the kid bring a Valentine for the people that they want to bring a Valentine to. I remember okay. the excitement when I was in school and it was like, oh, who's going to give me something? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it wasn't like you don't expect something from everyone. Well, but now it's like everyone has to be treated fairly and the same and evenly. And everyone <laughs> has to feel special. And if you can't do for all, you can't do for any. So that's no more of those stupid cards and okay. nasty ass <laughs> heart candies that I like the disgusting. nasty ass heart candy no you don't yes I do you and probably like candy corn too listen that shit I is don't gross. like candy corn okay for the record our shady moment is Robin yeah, Robin is so shady with Valentine's Day but can I tell y'all that like growing up my father always gave me chocolate for Valentine's Day very nice until yes. I even went to college he Aww. mailed it to me that's so really sweet so that taught me to make sure that the man that I'm dealing with in the moment in yes. February needs to represent, honey. And okay. if you don't represent, I'm going to break up with you. The end. Love it. Okay. So I'm reasonable and you're shady. That's fine. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much to get into today. This is our financial Monday with some very important people. So we're getting into it. All right, we've got some heavy hitters here today. I'm so excited, Robin. Tell us who we got. All right, y'all. I am so excited to introduce our guest today. Um, listen, these guys have so much information to bring to you. You are going to learn so much from them. And once you start following them and listening to them, you probably already are. Anyway, we are joined today by Troy Millings and Rashad Bilal of Earn Your Leisure Podcast, giving you the behind the scenes financial views into the entertainment and sports industries, as well as highlighting backstories of entrepreneurs. They also break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance, Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. They blend the two together for a unique and exciting look into the world of business. They aim to expand the conversation of financial literacy while educating as many people as possible. Before launching Earn Your Leisure in 2019, Bilal and Millings were teaching financial literacy to public school students in the Bronx, New York. While working as an elementary school physical education educator, uh, Millings incorporated financial literacy into his lesson plans during summer school classes. Um, Earn Your Leisure has over 5 million downloads on the podcast. They have multiple podcasts that have stemmed from Earn Your Leisure. They have over 1 million Instagram followers, over 500,000 YouTube su subscribers, and many, many, many other streams of income that I'm going to let y'all tell, <laughs> tell. I'm going to let them tell us about because it's too many for me to even name, but they are doing their thing. Welcome, guys, to the podcast. We appreciate you for joining us. Yes, yes, yes. Now, um, and also, uh, we forgot to mention that they are part of our Black Effect family. Yeah, 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 these yeah. are our brothers. These are our brothers in in the space. So, y'all are very important. First and foremost, are y'all married? Y'all single? Like, what's the status here? Uh, I'm married. Uh, I'll let Shadi say his status. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm single. I'm single. Okay. All right. So we have some icebreaker questions for you guys, first and foremost. All right. Now, do, and the reason why I asked if you're married or single is when you go to dinner, mm -hmm. do you make your partner 
split the bill? Never. Never. No. Never. 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 Okay, if you're on if you're on a date and you don't really know her that well and she's like new, do you make her split the bill? Nah, I mean, you know me, I mean, Troy too, we're we old school. So yeah. even if it's just like a friend, okay. like if, if it's just a female friend, like we're not even really dating or nothing. Like somebody's just hanging out with us. Like yeah. women don't pay for anything when, they, when they're around us. Yeah, like if we took- That's re- what I'm talking if, if we, about. If we were out with the ladies from Reasonable Shady, it's, it's on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's good to know because you all are so financially responsible. You know, I wasn't sure if y'all be up in there like, well, no, nah, you know, I paid the other day, so now it's your turn to pay, and it's not in the budget this yes, week. Because I've left many a dates for that reason. Okay, <laughs> that that will not get you date number two. I'm just here to say it. So okay, so specifically, Rashad is is dating someone who has poor money habits. Is that a deal breaker? Like, are you, what happens when you see a, a female or whatever and, and their financial habits don't really match up to yours? How do you feel about that? Nah, I'm not really on it like that. Like, I don't really look at somebody's like credit score, like, you know, with their, <laughs> with their bank balances. Um, you know, for me, it's more so like the vibe of the person, have fun if they're a good person or not. I, I, how I look at it, fortunately, I'm not really dependent on somebody for finances. So, it doesn't really matter to me what their financial situation is. Um, of course, it's always beneficial if they have a good financial situation, but it's not a deal breaker for me because I, I, I honestly don't even really think about it too much. Right. Okay. But okay. if you were thinking like, okay, if you're getting close to someone and you're like, hmm, I'm thinking about marriage, is that important in a mate, a potential spouse, mm. that they are financially responsible? Mm. These or are do questions. you feel like that's something that you can like teach them about? Okay. I feel like you can definitely educate people. That's what we do for a living is educate people. So I feel like a, a relationship is meant to be a form of education. Like a, a woman should educate her man. A man should educate his woman. And you should learn together. So, you know, if my strong point is financing and investing, then the woman that I'm with doesn't necessarily have to be strong in that area. But that's my responsibility to educate her and to, you know, show her different things. And, you know, hopefully she'll be able to, you know, get it um so yeah it's not something that i, I really put too much um attention on as long as you're not okay. like you know going to do something that's just totally you know dangerous like to the situation <laughs> you know, it's cool. okay right. i love that now you guys um are all over the place y'all on today's show y'all getting written good up america. good morning oh y'all on good morning america getting rid up written up in the wall street journals and whatnot how did you all get together how did earn your leisure get together it seems like you all are really good friends and you got y'all have a million other different entities, businesses. So tell us how how this started with the two of you guys. Yeah, we're childhood friends. Um, so I met him when I was like 12 years old, 13 years old. Uh, he's two years younger than me. So uh, we were we went to the same high school, grew up in the same neighborhood, um, went to the same community centers. Our friends, our, our family, our, our friends. So we all grew up together. Um, he went into a career of athletics. Um, and then when mm-hmm. he left school, uh, chose a career in finance. And I was in school and I went to education. And he always he always used to joke on me about that. He's like, yo, man, we went to school our whole lives. How, how you go back? Like, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we were uh, starting our careers at the same time I was teaching. He was doing the finan- uh, financial advising. And um, I had the summer program where I was uh, interviewing kids to see about what they wanted to do in the future. And I would go out in the community and try to match them with the prospect of like an internship and um based on how they performed at their internship i was going to pay them at the end of the program and so it was the first time that these young teens right they were like 14 years old they had aged out of the camp experience but they were too young to work Mm -hmm. it was the first time they were going to come in contact with money 
And um, knowing right, that, right. I said, they need to learn about money. I said, we, we, we need to create something for them to learn about the money and what you can do with it, how you can save it, how you can share it, how you can invest it. And so financial literacy was one of those things. Like I was working in inner city, like that wasn't something that's talked about in schools and I knew it. Like I was grading state tests, I, like yeah. I've yeah. given tests. I know like these things are not being talk, spoken about. And so I was like, this is an opportunity to create something that's gonna last for a lifetime. And so that's how we kind of like started in the, the space of financial literacy. He was doing um, social media at the time. I let him speak about it and um, decided while we were teaching, let's record what we're doing because, uh, you know, we could probably use this as an asset in the future. And he, mm -hmm. had, the, he had the foresight to see it and um, it got us here. OK, I love that. And you guys have this uh, podcast has been rocking for how long? Three years. Three years. Okay. Very nice. Three years. And you all now have other podcasts that have kind of like spinoffs of Earn Your Leisure. You also have multiple streams of income that have spun off from Earn Your Leisure. Tell us all about everything y'all have going on. Wait, wait, who's, who's listening? Just run it down. <laughs> run it down. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a podcast network. So that is, you know, we developed, you know, a niche in the podcast space with the finance. And, you know, we kind of got good at, at promoting it on social media, things for things of that nature. So it made sense for us to kind of help other people produce their show. So now we have a podcast network, EYO Network. So we have Market Mondays. That's like a huge, huge success. That's a stock show. Um, that's every Monday. Then we have Rants and Gems, which is a real estate podcast. Then we have Inner Wealth, which is an entrepreneurship podcast. No, Inner Wealth, which is a mental health okay. podcast. Inside the Vault, which is an entrepreneurship podcast. And then we also have Dream Nation, which is another business podcast. So that's what's under the umbrella of EYO Network. And then as far as the different businesses that we have. So, you know, one of the good things about doing our show is that it's a learning experience, not just for the audience, but for ourselves. So every time we interview an entrepreneur, it gives us some insight into what they have going on and, and allows us to actually brainstorm of if we want to start businesses in that type of area. So one of the things that we actually did was uh purchase a truck like an 18 wheeler so that was a big that was a big episode for us so we have a truck on the road so that's a that's a um revenue stream logistics then we have um vending machines yeah i saw today y'all posted about vending machines yeah vending machines that's in our old high school so that was cool that's something that we got from our episode um merch is something that we didn't necessarily get from an episode but that's become like its own stream within itself as far as like a, a business spinoff and then the live event space is something that's really really big for us so um you know we had a festival last year called invest fest which was four thousand people in that i'm looking to scale that up even even bigger this year and then we um we did the sold out the apollo um we got a show in houston coming up okay okay enough <laughs> enough already it's just too much Jeez, louise okay now listen no. i want to ask about stocks okay because i was told like a very long time ago and i have i have my own little portfolio of stocks but what i was told was buy stocks that you have something to do with like that have that are that you use right that you use for instance like Lululemon, like 80% of my athletic wear is Lululemon. So I have like a Lululemon stock, Apple stock, cause I got a phone, like I, my stuff. So is that true? Like, is that how you should handle purchasing stocks? Yeah, I, I think so. For anybody that's beginning in the, in the investment stage of, of uh, in stocks, you want to go from 
consumer to investor, right? And so you already uh-huh. were you were already a consumer. You bought all those products on the consumer side, but now you're on the ownership side. And so if you're already pouring money into a company and there's millions of people doing the same thing as you, why not reap the benefits of your investment, right? So like I'm giving okay. money to Apple every time an iPhone comes out or every time a MacBook comes out or if Lululemon puts out a new line, I'm always invest. I'm consuming it and I'm consuming it. Why not also right, right. have investment in it as well? So now your money is actually going towards your ownership. Okay, and then I was also told like just to leave it there, like don't fool with it, just let it go. Yeah, buy. Is that true? Buy and hold. That's like you know the number one strategy for for investing, whether it's real estate, stocks, crypto. You want to just buy and hold for a long period of time. If you have a good company like Apple or Microsoft, just buy and just hold it for as long. If something changes and it, you know you have to sell for whatever reason, then you know you can sell. Right. But a lot of times people go into things and they sell too early. Just like real estate, like you know, you might've had a brownstone and where are you guys from? Maryland, from Maryland. yeah. What, Maryland. what part? PG County? No. no. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I said that too. I said it too loud, I said it too loud, I'm Look, sorry. I, I'm from, born and raised in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from like the DC area. Yeah. Which is PG, PG County? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Potomac, <laughs> Montgomery County. Mo- okay, Montgomery, Montgomery County. Montgomery County, okay. Don't, yes. Okay, full disclaimer there's nothing wrong with the PG nothing County. Wrong with it. Shout out to PG. Shout out to PG County. Exactly. Shout out to PG County. But I was about to give a real estate reference to New York, but I figured I'd do something like to Maryland. I used to actually go to school in Maryland, so I used to live in Maryland. But um, like, oh, where'd you go? UNBC. Oh, okay. My um, I know your president, Dr. Robowski. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Great, yeah, great man. And a bunch of my friends went to UNBC. Good guy. Um, so like, take like the area near John Hopkins, right? Like, you know, is getting gentrified and real estate's going up. So. It's like you could have had a property there, let's say, ten years ago, and let's say you got it for fifty thousand dollars, and you sold it for seventy-five thousand. Like, that's a, a you know twenty-five thousand dollar profit. Most people would be like, all right, that's a good deal. But what if that same property is worth eight hundred thousand dollars now? Right? Like, you would be kicking yourself. Right. Like, I should have just held it instead of just trying yes. to get like a twenty-five thousand dollar profit. I could have got hundreds of thousand dollars of profit, and then twenty years from now, it might be worth three million dollars. So. That's all over yeah. the country. So like people can understand that mm-hmm. with real estate because they see areas getting gentrified and they see real estate that was once worthless. Now, million dollar properties. You see that in Chicago. You see yeah. that in New York. You see that in D.C., L.A., all over. So the same thing with stocks. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people are just happy with like short term gains. Like, OK, I doubled it. It's time to get out. But if it's a good quality company, you want to hold it for as yeah. long as possible because you could have like a thousand percent rate of return if you hold it for 10, 20 years. Okay. Right, G- but give it. But right now, like the market, the stock market is going crazy. The crypto market is going crazy. I feel like people are panicking because I mean, I, I do like little small trading on like E Trade and stuff like that. Like, or I have a, a Coinbase account. Like, how do you, if you're someone that kind of just enjoys to see, you know, your gains, um, how do you stay disciplined or should you just pull out and then get back in? Like, I don't, I'm just so all over the place and there's so many conflicting reports and people say different things and it's like, people are panicking. I just don't know what to do at this point. Yeah. Number one thing is don't panic. Right. So like we, we always stress yeah. to people never into a position unless you know your exit strategy. And so that might be a percentage that might be a dollar amount. Wait a minute. Wait, unless you know your exit strategy, that's like a dating rule 101. <laughs> unless you know how you get out of this thing, don't get in it. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but like, so that's the thing. Like, you want to you want to get into uh, 
a, a position in a company that makes sense for you, right? So like when people see right. red in the market, they automatically think fear. But if you're a new investor, if you're a seasoned investor, you know that there's an opportunity for me to add to the positions I already have or enter a position that I always wanted to, right? So if you look like a company like Apple, in 2000, they only had the iPod, right? But if you would have bought $1,000 in the past 22 years, it's gone up 10,000%. Right, yeah. so you might have right. Yeah. right when the market crashed in two thousand eight. You might have been like, "Oh my gosh, like me," and sold it, right? Or you could just been like, "All right, well, <laughs> it went down. Let me grab some more." And now you're just adding to the gains that you had long term. So that's why we always stress um, buying and holding. And if there's a pullback, like there is, like a correction, which just means that the the market or the actual sector itself has pulled back anywhere between six to twenty percent. There's always an opportunity yeah. you, to you to gain more of ownership in that company. So never look at it as a mm-hmm. negative. Uh, unless you're in a company that isn't strong um, and it's and it's kind of like the balance sheets are all off and, you know, they don't have a long history. Like companies like Microsoft, uh, Apple, they've been around for 20, 30, 40 years. Strong company. Like there's, there's a plenty of companies that are out there that have been around and, and have been profitable for a long time. Stick with those. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth... Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Before we get into the weeds, let's get into the flowers. Okay, so give me a fourth grade answer for this crypto Bitcoin. Should we get in? Should we get, should we not? I'm all, I'm an old school girl. I'm all about the almighty dollar. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's important, you know, uh, two months ago, everybody was like, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Now it's all crypto, crypto. Like, wh- wh- Bitcoin us- is crypto. Oh, walk <laughs> Look, us through this. Really don't See, know. I don't no, know. Walk no. us through it. But also, walk us but add, no, what I want you to add, like, NFTs in the metaverse. Yeah, that. that's See? the stuff where I'm like, don't okay, know that either. Walk us through. That's way, because someone 
asked me to do something and said, um, oh, I, I'll pay you something, give you give you an NFT. I don't know what that is. I don't know what No, pay about. me in dollars. Yeah. Okay, so so don't give us big words, y'all. Just walk us through like we're second graders. Which one Which one you want first, the NFT conversation or the crypto conversation? Crypto. Uh, you've come to the right place. You want to talk crypto or you want to? Yeah. All right, so I mean, cryptocurrency, the, the word, I always say the, the word currency is a little misleading when you're talking about cryptocurrency because most of it is not really treated as a currency. Like a currency usually has to be stable. Whereas like if I give you a dollar today, it's still going to be worth a dollar tomorrow. Right. That's how I can. Okay. That's how I can pay for something like you can't value a haircut at twenty dollars. But then that same haircut is fifty dollars next week because the price of the dollar went from being worth one dollar to being worth 20 cents. So that okay. that's the volatility in cryptocurrency where you see a couple months ago, Bitcoin was 60 over 60,000. Now it's hovering around like in the 30,000 range, like it's 50% lower. Mm -hmm. Imagine if the US dollar was 50% lower in value and only worth right. 50 cents now, like that would be crazy. You really can't make yeah. transactions and do business with that. This is why we're like, we'll talk about Bitcoin because you asked about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is more so of a store of value. Currency, it's currency, store of value, store of value, different. So it's better comparison is gold. This is why people compare it to like digital gold, where it's like a lot of people just hoard gold. You, you get gold and you hoard it because it's like a hedge for inflation. So gold has mm -hmm. withstanded the test of time. It's always been valuable for a long period of time. People value gold. You can, you know, trade gold. You can wear gold, different things that nature. Gold has value that people place on it. So Bitcoin kind of is the same way where it's a limited amount. Like there's going to be a limited amount of Bitcoins in a couple of years. There's not even going to be any more Bitcoins made. So it's a limited amount of Bitcoins. Um, it has gone up in value because of the scarcity and because people are looking four different ways to actually park their money like we know that you know fiat currency which is the dollars that we actually use all across the world actually gets devalued um every single day because of inflation right so right the value of milk is not the same as it was 10 years ago so the value of the dollar goes down each and every day and it's not backed by anything except for you know the faith that the people put in it so now you have a digital asset on the blockchain, which we'll talk about that with the NFT conversation, but you have a digital asset that people put belief in because that's the value of anything is what people believe in, right? People put belief in okay. it. It's a new way to actually um, move money at a much quicker pace because like we always say like the fastest way, if I asked you right now, the fastest way to get a million dollars from New York to London, what would you say the fastest way to do that would be? A wire transfer. Well, the fastest way is to actually get on a plane with a million dollars and actually fly it, <laughs> right? But wouldn't the wire go through faster than the plane? No, nah, not, not most of the time. If, if, if you got a bank, it's going to take at least a couple of days for, the, for, a million, for a million dollars to clear. So, oh, it's true. That's true. Okay. In this day and age, in 2022, that's crazy that, you know, you can't move that kind of money in a short period of time. Whereas like on the blockchain with cryptocurrency, you can do that in seconds, depending on which coin you use. Okay. Okay. But let me ask you this. Now, is this a way, because I watched this, uh, this show on, on the Netflix that the drug dealers like hide the money? Yeah. So, so that, that, that was a way, right. That, and that, that's kind of like one of the downfalls for it, right. You have, you have coins that people can, you, you can't track, right. So like if I make a transaction, the only thing that can 
say that this happened is the blockchain, right? So it's a transaction right. record, but you never know who did it. And so it was a lot of a lot of times in the past, and hopefully it doesn't happen at, going forward in the future, is that people would smuggle money and use it through the currency. So like there was a bunch of coins um, that were being used at the time. And they've kind of fallen back in value, and and that's why when you, you when you hear decentralized, decentralized meaning that there's no government or agency backing it, that's kind of right. what they're saying. Like we need to have regulation because if there, if you can launder money through this quote unquote currency, it could be a dangerous tool if it's uh, put in the wrong hands. So, but yes. but yeah. So just to finish up, crypto, the the benefits of it is that it's a way, it's a it's a currency that doesn't matter if you're in Russia. If you're in Yugoslavia, if you're in Puerto Rico, if you're in New York, it's the same, right? So you don't have to change mm -hmm. when you go to different currencies, you go to different countries, you got to change the currency. Okay. Right. The speed moves a lot quicker. It's an alternative to paper dollar and um, it's a store of value where it could serve as like a digital goal where now it's, it's a place where people can actually park money and have the asset grow over the course of time. Yeah. And it also, it, and okay. you, you think about other countries, and he brought up a, a bunch of them, but how many of these countries are have areas that they're unbanked, right? Where's the, where's right. the, where is the next bank, or is there a bank even in my city, right? And so now when you have a digital, quote unquote, currency, you have it in the palm of your hand, or you have it in front of your laptop, which makes it completely different. Okay. Now you have access to something without even having to go to a traditional uh, banking. So, so are you recommending that people invest in this? Um, well, A, you should be knowledgeable before you invest in anything because, you know, what's good for one person might not be good for another thing. So I think, A, you should you should just be up to date on what's going on. But I will say this, um, it's here to stay. Cryptocurrency, I think, okay. is here to stay. Bitcoin, I think, is here to stay. And um, it's only going to become more and more prevalent. So for, with, okay. that, with that like information, that. you can kind of, you know, make an educated decision w whether you want to invest or not. But that would be like, you know, what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I would start with education before anything, any investment, real estate, crypto stocks, educate yourself first. Right. And especially in crypto, mm -hmm. because like I said, right now, wh wh how do we regulate it? Right. Like if I lose money, who do I call? Right. If this transaction right. doesn't go right. through, who do I? There isn't anybody. Right. And so, like, that's why the education process and the learning curve is very quickly, because if you just jump into this space of um, investing, right, you could get lost very quickly and your money could get lost very yeah. quickly and you'll never find it. So educate yourself before right. before anything. Okay. So are you comfortable giving um, suggestions to people on um, crypto uh, platforms to use and specific crypto to buy? Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever it is. I mean, you want to you want to stay with the top tier um, cryptos. That's always the safest bet. Same thing with the stock market. So when you look at like the top tier cryptos that already have, you know, strong um, backing, institutional backing, and use cases, you, you're looking at Ethereum, you're looking at Bitcoin, you're looking at Cardano, you're looking at Stellar, um, okay. Solana is a, is a new one, but Solana, you're talking about the NFT conversation that goes hand in hand with a lot of the nfts so those are some of like the top tier cryptocurrencies um that you know if you are interested in that's probably more in a safer play as opposed to going down the line and and, and getting some some that uh, you know people have not have heard of because that's what people do to try to earn more money is, is right. take more risk but what more risk could come reward but it can also come with the possibility of it just vanishing away also yeah so like that that would be your dogecoin that would be your shiba coin where people are just saying like let's just hit this mm -hmm. home run it's less than eight cents we can buy a bunch of it but what happens when it goes to zero cents or less than zero 
the, right. the feeling won't <laughs> be the you, same. Then you ass out. Yeah, right. Then the feeling right. won't be the same. And I, yeah. And I always felt, I always get in late. Like when something, you know, you hear about something popping off and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in. And then I get in and it's just tanks. It's over. Yeah. It's, it's over. over. <laughs> I'm like, let me just stop. Let um, me just keep, keep okay, with so the Bitcoin. Right. But, but I do want to say like, just you, I think we can tell that crypto is here to stay when now we have uh, sports arenas being named after, you know, crypto platforms. We got crypto.com arena right and there's a coinbase is it a coinbase arena? one of them was on a coinbase i saw on a court yep. i can't remember what team it was and then crypto.com arena that's where the lakers are playing right formerly the stable center yep yeah oh, wow. like that's that's insane oh that's well we're here to stay so um <laughs> so i want to get into the the metaverse and nfts but but before we do that i want to i don't want to forget to ask you about any stock picks that you might feel comfortable recommending for for someone that's like looking to invest you know, get into the market, where should they park their money? Uh, I think you had the strategy correct when you said, look at where you're spending your money now. And so like, if I'm spending right. my money on Apple products, I probably should be invested in that, right? If I'm ordering okay. during the pandemic, right? Most people were ordering, where are you ordering your, anything from? Probably Amazon. That would probably be a good idea to invest in. Um, so you can invest in these individual stocks, but you could also invest in a group of stocks like indexes or ETFs where it's like an all-star team of stocks, right? And I always use the comparison, shout out to our brother Ian Dunlap, right? You, if you think of, of ETFs as an all-star team and you think of like a player like LeBron James who's probably the best player in the league, right? Like you can mm -hmm. invest in him individually, but if he gets hurt, then your investment might hurt, right? But if you invest mm -hmm. in an ETF that has LeBron in it, now, now break it down. What do, what does ETF? Yeah, you're stand using for? big words here. You're using big words. To break it down. I said second grader. Okay. And and I want to say I I invested in an ETF based off of one of your podcasts, the Vanguard. That's a good one. Exchange traded yeah. fund, ETF. Yeah. So uh, it it goes by sectors. So ETFs are broken down into sectors, and so there's different type of companies. So you have technology companies. You have financial companies. You have industrial companies. You have healthcare companies. Uh -huh. And so let's say LeBron is. Apple, right? The greatest company, the greatest player. He Apple is a tech company, and so it would be inside the ETF, like XLK would be an ETF, but you also have other companies inside there. Microsoft is inside there. NVIDIA, okay. which is a chip company. AMD is a chip company. They're inside it. Uh, AMD is not inside there, but they're inside of this tech company, right? So if LeBron doesn't perform well, you still have uh, Anthony Davis on your team, right? You still have Steph yeah. Curry mm -hmm. on your team. So he doesn't really have to give you 27 points a game. He can give you 15 points and you can still win. Whereas if he's invested individually, yeah. if he gets hurt and he's averaging 27, right, then individually there's much more exposure on the downside if something happens to him. Not to say that something will happen to Apple, but we like to tell people like invest in solid companies and then invest in indexes and ETFs just so you don't have as much exposure on the downside, right? Because on a day like- Got it. Two weeks ago, when when Apple pulls back or Microsoft pulls back, now that exposure to that company brings you down. Whereas if you're in the ETF, the pullback will be not as severe because the percentage of how much of is invested in that company isn't as high. It's like a hundred percent to twenty two percent. Right, right. It's almost like playing like fantasy football or something. <laughs> <laughs> right I mean, like yeah. like everybody you got to see where everyone on the team is doing and and the better your each individual player is doing the better your ETF. exactly like you're gonna okay. you're gonna pick a team with strong players and so the same thing yeah yeah okay switching gears just a little bit i know we we uh we're skipping over the nsf stuff NTF. <laughs> NTF. No, we're, we're gonna come back that. no we're gonna come back to it but i have a, I have a question because you know robin and i are entrepreneurs 
And, you know, we always want to encourage, especially black women to get out there and invest in yourself and, and definitely like strive for your dreams. Uh, but you need money to do that. So what is the best way to like raise capital for your business, especially if you're a startup, you know, you're new to just this entrepreneurial game? Uh, I mean, there's a few different ways you can go about raising capital. You can, you know, raise capital from friends and family. Um, you can, you know, leverage your credit. You can take loans from your 401k. Everybody's situation is different. What we did personally was we just started a, a business that had low um, startup costs, which is a podcast. Doesn't really take a lot of money to start mm -hmm. a podcast. And we used our personal money. Um, you know, I wish I could have had more of an elaborate story to tell, but it really wasn't. Um, we just, we saved up. We had money that we had from, you know, working our respective okay. careers. And we were still working while we were being an entrepreneur. That's another thing too, people, you don't necessarily have to do one or the other. Like, you know, you can actually still do both at the same time. If you have a nine to five job, you can keep that nine to five job and still be an entrepreneur when you get home. And then eventually as yeah. your business takes off and now it's time to leave your nine to five, then, you know, it's time to leave. But in the meantime, use the money from your nine to five job or whatever kind of job you have to help fund your business. So like your job yeah. is really your is the investor, is the angel investing in your business in that in that situation. But other than that, I mean of course you can try to get bank finance and that's gonna be extremely difficult, almost impossible, especially if you're just starting out, you're a black entrepreneur, it's gonna be extremely difficult to get money from a bank. So like I said, I mean right. most of the time for entrepreneurs, if you're just starting out, you're gonna have to either use your own personal money, which is money that you saved up, um, or you know, money from like retirement accounts, money from friends and family. You can, um, you know, take money from your I'm house. Ha I'm gonna have to stop you. I'm gonna have to stop you right there. The friends and family, that's like surefire way <laughs> to cause a ruckus at Thanksgiving. Like, no, okay, there's no. No friends and family, but definitely I believe in investing in yourself, saving money, and because there's, there's nobody that's going to support you or like root for you more than yourself, right? So I, I, I'm definitely down with that. Friends and family, right. I say no. I'm sorry. <laughs> it depends. I mean, um, if, if someone comes to me, I would say more family than friends. If they come to me, they have a solid plan, then I'm not, I'm, I don't. I'm not going to shy away from helping them out. If I really believe in it, if I see that they have a plan, if, you know, but not someone just says, I'm struggling, can I get some money? Like, no, I want to know if, how is this money going to put you in a better place permanently? Like, I don't want to just give you money just to pay your bill and that's it. No. Okay. Do y'all loan money? That's a good question. Do y'all loan money to people? Because I have a firm stance because I didn't got burnt a couple times. Yeah. No, I ain't loaning nothing. So, so loan would, would would imply that the money's gonna be paid back, right? <laughs> yes, but we all know it's not. <laughs> nah, I, okay. I so, mean, not, I I haven't I haven't um, with the intent of expecting it to come back, but I have um, given money um, with the intent right. of helping out a situation. Helping someone. Okay, I right. like that. Okay, right. and now I'm gonna let y'all get back to the N okay. NFC. Well, wait. Well, now that you talk about well, she changes three I'm times. A <laughs> <laughs> right. So wait, now we're going to get back to the metaverse okay, and I NFTs. Mean, I, I know these guys but, are busy. Yeah. But now that you talked about business, I want to piggyback on that conversation. I hear from a lot of people who, you know, they, they're working a nine to five and they really want to be entrepreneurs. They really want to create multiple streams of income and they don't know where to start. And, you know, my advice to them is, OK, what are you interested in? What can you, you know, find to monetize something that you're interested in? But for people who really don't think they have some sort of tangible item to sell, what avenue 
would you say for like people should look into to maybe become entrepreneurs? Like, I know there's so many things, like, especially with the vending machines, like how, like, how is that, that going for you guys? Uh, I, I'll just start with, with education um, because I've, I've had this conversation with a number of my colleagues who don't think they could be entrepreneurs. And I'm like, the first thing you have to do is what's your purpose? Right. And their thing was like mm-hmm. to help people. I'm like, well, you have a skill set that somebody else doesn't have. You have a skill set that I don't have. I use a young lady, for example. She, um, her son, uh, is hearing impaired and she's advocated for him for the past three years. And I told him, like, look, your level of advocacy, everybody doesn't know how to do that. You should probably write a book mm-hmm. on this. Right. And her mom yeah. was like, wait, I can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you could. Like, you're fighting for this every single day. So the, the, the first thing I would say is look right in front of you. You're, you probably yeah. possess a skill and a purpose that the other person doesn't. Right. Another one of my colleagues, she was like, I don't know. I need to create more income. I'm like, well, you're a great teacher. Why don't you create a tutoring service? Right. You can do that mm-hmm. after school. Like that's not going to cost mm-hmm. you anything. And you're doing what you naturally do. You're, you're great at it. you're a teacher. So the, the, the problem is that people will use like, hey, I don't have the time for it. But I'm like, well, either you're going to dedicate the time to doing that or you're going to dedicate the next 25 years to doing this. <laughs> right. right. Troy, Troy you dropping true. knowledge, Troy. You dropping <laughs> knowledge over there. Yeah, so it's, just, it's, just, it's just what you, you have to choose. Right. But everybody, I believe that everybody has a purpose. They just haven't tapped into it. Right. Or they're overlooking it a lot of times. It's like it's right in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So like people ask me now, like, hey, Troy, uh, how's it feel not to teach anymore? And I'm like, well, I'm teaching every day. You still teach. Oh, yeah. You're, you're teaching big time. Yeah. yeah, I didn't learn about four things today. I didn't learn about four <laughs> things you didn't talk. We're going to write an assessment at the end Listen, of this. <laughs> right, right. No, but you are teaching a lot because, like I said, I learned about I, I um, you know, I learned about stocks from you guys. I also learn about things to do for my children. One of which, um, I believe I learned from you guys was, you know, make them your employee. I have a business, so now I've set both of my kids up as employees. I pay them, you know, just under the threshold so that they're not taxed. And you know, it's a tax write off for me. They're building, you know, they're they'll be, they're building a little nest egg. Um, what I know, a lot of people want to create generational wealth for their kids. They want to set their kids up for success. So. What is the best advice that you can give to parents to help them um, set their kids up for financial success? Um, just start early. Start early. Open an investment account for them. You can open up an UTMA. And um, that's like a, a brokerage account, an investment account, but for kids. And uh, what's, what's, Wait a minute. What's that called again? An UTMA? Uh, UT, UTMA. UTMA. Mm-hmm. Like do, y'all have, do y'all have kids? Yeah, yes. I, have, I have a son. Okay, UTMA. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So um, that's an investment account that you are like pretty much the owner, the custodian of, and you can put money in. You can invest in Apple. You can invest in ETFs, and uh, they don't gain access to that until they turn 18, so they until they're an adult. But you know that allows the money to grow in, into an account. So that's that's one real easy way that you can do it. You can do any online account like TD Ameritrade. You can do Merrill Lynch. Any any like online brokerage account. You can go in there, take a couple minutes into their information, and then you have the account. You can start investing money in. Um, you can have a 529 plan, which that allows you to put money away for their education. So that's a way that you know parents want to save for college, or you want to save for prep school, or whatever. 
not just higher education, any form of education you can um, save. And the good thing with the 529 plans is that the money is tax free as long as you use it for education and depending on what state you live in. If you invest in the state's 529 plan, you get a state tax deduction for the amount of money that you put in. So that's beneficial as well. So those are two um, easy ways where you can actually go about to start to build some some um, assets, some wealth for your for your, your child down the line. Yeah. I think what mm-hmm. you're doing now is great, yeah. right? Like paying them as um, employees of your business, right? If, you're, if your child is seven years old, can you imagine if you paid them $10,000 a year to their 17? Right, yes. Right, you're talking about, you. they're already six figures by the time they're 18. And if you invest in a custodial account, that's why we, we like to talk about starting early, right? So right now our, our kids are playing Roblox and they're using their iPads. And so these are companies that we're investing in and putting inside their custodial mm-hmm. accounts. Now when we talk about whole long term, that's not even a vision. It's like long term, like I'm 17. They're still young, right? But that's 10 right. years of equity that they've grown inside those companies. And so that's another way. Just look at what they're doing now, right? Where they're investing their time in because kids will tell you what's trending and what's hot, right? They'll let you yeah. know, right? That's so right. true. But you know what? So, so my father had an utma for me. And of course, once I turned like 18 and I was um, had access to it, I blew right through it. Yeah. So like... Robin, yeah. Robin. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. So, so, so the hard part is, yeah, we're going to save for our kids, but we also have to teach them and create discipline for them so that they don't blow through that money and so that they, you know, maybe continue to invest it. But that definitely happened to me. Like me and my brother, we blew, <laughs> we blew through our utmost. So this is what not to do. Yeah, this is yeah. what yeah. not to but do. But that's why we, we, we I, I, and I've been saying this recently, it was like we, the, the term generational wealth is cool, but generation to generation, it could be blown. Not to say that that's what happened mm-hmm. to you, but the term really should be sustainable wealth, right? So as they're right. growing it, how do they sustain it so that they can't mess this up, right? Like, there's no way we're going to put the, if this was bowling, we're putting the bumpers up so that we, we, we've generated the wealth, right? This generation, and we're going to teach them how to sustain it so that their kids and their grandkids will always have this wealth, right? Because if we teach generation, there's no way. I, I gave the example. My dad worked for 42 years. My son is eight years old. Since he's been alive, he's only seen my dad sit on the couch. He's never seen the hard work mm-hmm. that he had to put in. He's mm-hmm. never seen those mm-hmm. things. And so, like, right. yeah, I can teach yeah. him and he can watch me. But the more important thing is how to sustain this long term. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Okay, I still want to talk about the metaverse, but so that's going to be, we're going to close out with the metaverse. But before we before we let y'all go, are there any particular episodes that you would tell our listeners who are new to you guys who want to learn about you know, investing in business? Like, do you have episodes that you're like, this is the one, go listen to this one and then they'll be hooked and then they'll start listening to some more. Um, I think episode 44 with uh, Wall Street Trapper, that was a good introduction to stocks. If anybody's interested in stocks, that's something that you could listen to and learn about the stock market. Um, episode 11, which is probably one of my favorite episodes, that was a restaurant owner from Baltimore, actually. And uh, he actually gave a complete blueprint of like the ins and outs of his industry. So not just for people that's interested in, in running a restaurant, but anybody that's interested in business, period. That's a very, very mm -hmm. detailed, transparent episode. So those are two episodes that I would I would put. I love, love that you know the number. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, wait. Yeah. We don't know the no, number no, no. of none of our episodes. Before not you, one. <laughs> I, hold your thought, Troy, because I want you to tell us your episodes. How do y'all know? How many episodes do you have? And how do you know, how the, do you numbers? know the numbers? Well, those, those are just, <laughs> they're that, those they're are, just that good. Those are memorable episodes for me. So it kind of, you okay. know, yeah. st stuck out. Yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. I'm li I'm listening to them. Well, all right. What you got? Yeah. All right. So what we got, got the first answer is we got 169 episodes on your leisure. Number 11 nice. is probably my favorite as well. And number 12, where we actually uh, talk about real estate. Uh, with our brother MG the mortgage guy it's a very powerful episode kind of changed my mindset we recorded it in my house and when he was talking about strategies and how to invest in real estate I'm thinking to myself like damn I wish I would have known this three years prior so that was one of those yeah. and then episode 70 uh, with our brother Ian Dunlap who's our, our partner on Market Mondays is another one of those investment episodes that just kind of like shook the world up a little bit uh, so those two are incredible but there's a lot there's a bunch of them we have an Airbnb episode uh, we have the vending machine episode obviously the trucking episode that we did uh, changed the game so there's a bunch of them there's a lot mm -hmm. okay Okay, awesome. I love it. I That's love it. awesome. All right, we're gonna let y'all go, but we're gonna talk about these NFTs and the metaverse and what does all that mean? And should I do? Should I? Should I sell a picture of myself for some money? Is that what it's like? <laughs> no, that's only. No, that's only fans. That's only fans. That ain't. That ain't. <laughs> oh no! Only fans. We're not doing OnlyFans. We're not doing that, right? Because that's naked. You get naked or something? You, you can show people your feet and stuff. Like, oh yeah. yeah, don't nobody want to see my toes. Yeah. But my toes are kissable. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> So NFTs, you want to know what, what what they are? Yeah, like I just keep this. I just keep hearing NFTs, metaverse. It just you know, like people selling pictures and and I don't know, like old stuff and get making a million. Oh, I saw some a thirteen year old girl made a million dollars off of NFTs. Like what are what is this? Yeah, NFTs are a non fungible token. So it's um when you think of something that's replaceable that's fungible so like shout out to my brother 19 keys he gave a really good example that i'll use so a dollar a dollar is fungible right so it's like if you have if you have a dollar bill and you lose it and then i give you another dollar bill it's not a big deal 
you you don't really care, right? Right. But mm -hmm. like, let's say that if Beyonce autographed a dollar bill, right? Mm -hmm. You lose it, and then I give you another dollar bill. And that's not the same. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. now, now that autograph Beyonce, that's non fungible. You can't really replace that. So mm -hmm. now, what it is is it's the same thing with art. So like, if Basquiat does a painting, right? And he's no longer here. There's no way to really replicate that unless you just have forgery. There's only one of those paintings, which is why they're so valuable, mm -hmm. right? So now with NFT, it's, it's the same idea, the same concept, but it's on the blockchain, which is why art was like the first adoption to the NFT world, if you think about it, because that, that makes complete sense, where it's like you have artists that draw something and it's only one of one of those. So it would be the same thing in the digital world. So now they came up with like digital art, where it's like, apes and um right monkeys and lions and all these different things right so that's one way to think about it where it's like kind of like a digital art form that can't be replicated can't be du can't be duplicated and the proof of it is on a blockchain which to say okay this is number one of one you are the owner nobody else has it you have all the rights to it mm -hmm. that's it it's not argue you can't argue it you can't do anything with it but there's other real world use use cases to it as well so like nike is planning on um releasing nfts with every sneaker so now it's like the counterfeit sneaker ah. market is huge so now you don't have to worry about buying fake jordans because you know you can identify that this is a 100 percent authentic nike shoe because of the NFT that's attached to it. So that's it, smart. Yeah. So or even like Nas, who just released two songs, um, via NFT holders have um they actually have rights to the song. So now they get publishing rights every time the song gets sold. So now they're actually owners of his catalog, like part of his catalog, they're actually owners of it. So that's an interesting way to go about it as well, where now you can actually like a business or an influencer or a musician can actually offer their fans, their supporters ownership in their music or ownership in their product, ownership in their company by NFTs. And it's like, if you own this, it's like a stock certificate. Like if you own this NFT, you're guaranteed to 2% of the portions forever. And a good thing too, is that it lasts forever. It lasts in perpetuity. And every time it gets resold, the, the original person um, gets a percentage. So you set a commission. So if it's like, let's say you set a 10% yeah. commission on it and it's a digital artwork. Now you sell it for a thousand dollars and then somebody else sells it for $10,000. Now when they sold it for 10,000, you get a thousand because you have a 10% commission on it. So it's like, imagine if Basquiat, if he, like his latest painting sold for like a hundred million dollars a couple years ago, but I think the most he ever received for a painting while he was alive was like less than a hundred thousand. So imagine if yeah. his, his family, if it was an NFT, his family mm -hmm. actually had that royalty. Now let's say it was 10%. So now when it got sold last year, two years ago for a hundred million, his family would have got $10 million as opposed to his family's not getting anything from the hundred right. million. If it gets sold again for 300 million, he, his family doesn't get anything from that. So, you know, the wow. NFT conversation, I'll let you talk about the metaverse, but yeah. the NFT conversation is something that is extremely interesting because it, it, it 
carries a lot of different verticals. A lot of people are just focusing on one area, which is the art, and they don't understand it. And it's like, yeah, why is a ape selling for three hundred thousand dollars? Why is a picture of a banana selling for fifty thousand dollars? But that's right. o- that's only one part of it. Um, it has a lot of different use cases, and I think that that's going to be interesting to see, like you know, it play out more and more in the future. So where do you go to? like learn more or to purchase you know if i wanted to purchase a no, digital if, ape where do i go no if i wanted to sell the picture of me like right <laughs> like i don't, I don't like even it. know so like if, where if, that where if you, does live? if you wanted to sell your own nft you'd have to go through what's called a minting process um and it, there's a, a, a oh. few, there's a few places you can do that the, the space is so new it's almost like when when the internet was around when everybody was like trying to find their dot com that that's yeah. what we're going through right now and so like that nft's piece is really important but like sites like openc.io is a place you can like do some research and search the artwork okay. right so like when we're talking about okay. board apes or we're talking about women of color or we're talking about uh crypto punks you can see actually those actual pieces and you can bid on them right it's the same thing like you would mm. bid on a piece of art um this is just done okay. in, in the digital um currency so ethereum is is the platform that all these are built on right now um and solano is another one where th- they're actually gaining some ground. Um, so okay. that's why it's important to educate yourself, right? Because if you, you press the wrong button or you send the wrong code and you're trying to buy a piece of art or an NFT, um, you could lose it if you don't do the right thing. Yeah. Um, so that's important too. Wow. Um, and then the, the metaverse is, is it's interesting, right? I, I felt like we've been prepared for this our whole lives, right? We're actually, <laughs> we're, we're the ones who like were champion this our whole lives. If we played video games in the 80s or the 90s, definitely in the 2000s, if you played Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty or any of those games, Roblox, The Sims. I mean, like The Sims was like this virtual world mm-hmm. where you had characters. The only difference now is that you are the character inside these spaces and there's real actual companies inside. And so the metaverse is like a virtual world. And I know it's kind of crazy because Facebook is now meta um and so when you think right. meta you think facebook but it, there's it's there's a bunch of worlds you've got to think of it like a galaxy of places um and so where people are going to uh will determine the value of the land that's there so i know like snoop has everybody keeps talking about snoops in the metaverse and everybody wants to buy property around him and what that does is when he buys property right and people want to live in it, it drives up the value of the, the actual property inside the space so people are like well why would i have a digital a virtual world well Number one, people are there, right? This is the wave right now. And number two, there's plenty of use cases for it. So right now, like his neighbor, right? If they decided that, hey, I'm gonna have an art gallery on the bottom floor of my house, right? The people who leave Snoop's house will probably venture over to his next door neighbor, right? And then they'll see artwork that is hanging and they can bid on that artwork, right? On the second floor of the house, they maybe decide that they're gonna have a virtual party up there, right? And they might charge people 99 cents to be in that party. Right. So rather than having everybody, you could charge 99 cents or 99, whatever the equivalent is in ETH. And now you can actually make money for your virtual space. Is this through Facebook or no? Is this through Facebook or not? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. They're still working on that place. Like Decentraland is a place that a lot of people use. Probably the the most popular. We actually went into. What's it called? Decentraland. Decentraland. Yeah, that's probably the most. This is. Is this just for young people? I mean, this nah, sounds so no, no, my kids, my kids are all into the Sims, so I'm a, they're about yeah. to be like multimillionaires yeah. <laughs> in about five minutes, okay? Because they're about to get into this. Imagine if Reasonably Shady did a a, a live show, right? And you had six, mm-hmm. which we're doing, by the way, right. which, we, which, which we're working towards. Yes. So yes, give us. And then we have an audience of 500 people, right? Now imagine that's 500 ticket buyers, and and they can consume it. But what if 
you did it in a virtual space and now there is no limit, right? You could have 5,000 right. people in there. And the one, if you played The Sims, if you played any of these games, Roblox, Fortnite, people want to separate themselves by the way they look. And so now you have, mm -hmm. yes. uh, now you have a space where you see Polo entering the metaverse, right? You see Gucci entering the metaverse, why? Because I want to have something that's unique. I want to look different from that person. We all don't want to look the same. And so now you see like, all right, well, we'll charge $2.99, right? Those, those uh, add-ons that go inside games that if you're a parent, you already know about. Yeah. You're already doing it. And so like 2.99 adds up when you have a million people doing this. Oh yeah. Travis oh, yeah. Scott decided to do a concert Right, like he could have twenty thousand people in arena, or he could have six million people watching on Fortnite. Yeah, you see the difference. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, mm -hmm. There's so many different advantages that you have from being in, in the virtual space, and we've already prepared for it. Right, like I said like our kids pay Robux. This is nothing yeah. new to them. It feels like it's new to us, but when I thought about it, I'm like, wait, this feels like Grand Theft Auto when I was growing up. And so like the kids, right. they already are very trained for it, very used to it. And it's not just for young people. The, the, the wealthiest people in the world are probably already invested in the land <laughs> inside of these spaces because they know that this is the next thing that's coming. Yeah, for sure. All right, we, we have got insane. to let y'all go. We I know. can talk to y'all all day. I know, it's just so many questions. I but, know. but honestly, people who are listening, go go to their podcast, go yes. to their YouTube. I've learned so much from you guys. I'm going to continue learning from you guys. I super duper yeah. appreciate you, for real. No, absolutely. We and Nothing nothing better than smart black men. Ain't nothing better than no, that. I appreciate that. And y'all are, are clearly that. Um, and, you know, Robin actually has been trying to get y'all or us to um, collaborate with you guys for a while, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know nothing about earning your kind I was kind of hating on y'all, but I'm so happy we've had this conversation. Like, our listeners are going to be able to pick so much from what we've talked about and and really learn. And mm -hmm. what we've learned, what we, Robin and I've learned, is we got to know the numbers of our episodes, okay? Because we don't know the numbers. <laughs> But no, thank you. Thank y'all, and congratulations on your uh, nomination for the NAACP. Thank you. We appreciate it. Shout out to Nicole I, for being... Nicole said, we got to do it. You got to get this done. And we said, all right, once we have an opportunity, we're getting it done. So shout out to Nicole and the Black Effect team. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. We appreciate y'all. I look forward to seeing y'all continue to grow. Um, and I'm going to continue to be inspired. So Yes. And when we see y'all in these streets, don't act like y'all don't know us. Okay? <laughs> don't do that. Right. So love. We appreciate shoddy. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, remember that. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Right, Take All care. Right, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. Later. Oh my gosh, Robin. I have learned so much. I've actually, I kind of feel like an idiot. <laughs> I feel like I know nothing. And these guys are like so super smart. I know. I mean, and honestly, the thing that I, like I said, I've been following for a minute. I've learned so much from them. I've been inspired. Um, and it's like, I want to do everything because they do provide you with so much information. Um, so I got to really just prioritize like, you know, what, what do I want to focus on from yes. the lessons that I've learned? But I also, I mean, it's just, it's so like, guys, for real, if you're not hip to them, go check out their podcast. Um, I, I love learning about money and business and stuff like that. Yes. So. And they taught us have an exit strategy. <laughs> and that, that applies to more than just finances. Okay. Um, and um, what is your purpose when it comes to like starting a business, figure out what is your purpose? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's like, golden absolutely absolutely and yes. get your kids started honestly i feel like the vending machine idea for a kid Whew. 
is awesome because kids love snacks, yes. right? So for a kid, that would be so cool for them to actually have a vending machine right. that they can manage. They can go check it out. They can refill it. Like yes. that's something that, you know, you can start getting your kids involved in. And so, you know, check out their vending machine episode. I don't know what number that is, but yes. um just so many ways that you can get kids in, in excited about business. Yes. So thank y'all so much. This this episode was actually very reasonable. Um, yes. But never forget to live your life either reasonable or shady. Yes. Or both. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. Reasonably Shady is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And you can connect with us on social media at Robin Dixon 10, Giselle Bryant, and Reasonably Shady. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.